Greetings, friends and neighbors, and welcome to episode 16 of the Community Solutions Podcast, coming to you from the students, faculty, staff, and community partners associated with the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Fairbanks School of Public Health in downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Jack Terman Jr. I want to say thanks so much to everyone around the world who is listening to this podcast. In this week of gratitude and thanksgiving, we are truly grateful for your listening and your sharing this information and hopefully applying it to your communities. And on behalf of all of us here at the Fairbanks School of Public Health, I wish you all a very blessed and happy Thanksgiving. Today is a special treat. We have one of our great undergraduate students, Emily Bossing, interviewing Miss Laura Archibald, who is the executive director of the Healthy Communities of Clinton County organization, and Miss Casey McGill, a tobacco uh, prevention and cessation coordinator of the Healthy Communities of Clinton County. Today, Emily and her colleagues Laura and Casey are going to share some valuable information about all the great work they do in a rural community of Indiana to really foster the health uh, and the social well-being of the residents and their neighborhood. You'll be amazed at the truly beautiful holistic approach that these individuals take to really optimizing the life of this rural community. I hope you enjoy this and I wish you all a great day and let's join the conversation. Good afternoon, I am Emily, and I have with me today Casey McGill and Laura Archibald from Healthy Communities of Clayton County. So Casey, can you tell me some more about Healthy Communities of Clayton County? So I found out about Healthy Communities of Clayton County through um, my internship at IEPUI. I was a student at the School of Public Health, and um, for my internship, I was an intern at Healthy Communities, and I was fortunate enough to have that lead into a full-time job. Um, but to kind of discuss what Healthy Communities is, is it's a, a, a grassroots 501c3 nonprofit organization. We focus on preventative health. Our goal is to make the healthy choice the easy choice through our programs like Guiding Good Choices, This Is Not About Drugs, TPC, and several other programs, we have been able to impact the health of our community for over the past eight years. Awesome. Um, so, Laura, um, who is also the Executive Director of Healthy Communities of Clinton County, how did Healthy Communities get started? It truly started as a grassroots effort. It was started by one lady in an office in her own home who wrote and received a tobacco prevention and cessation grant from the Indiana State Department of Health. 
through that grant, part of her initiative was to establish a preventative health coalition. So she did that with eight members and started that. And as that group of people met, there were more and more things that were coming up and that were evident needed to be addressed in our community. So from there, she continued to write grants, and with each grant came another employee, and um, we've now grown our coalition to over 50 members. Um, I would say 45 of those are very active members uh, participating in events and coming to the monthly meetings. We have partnerships with almost every not-for-profit organization, and the county also work closely with the city and county government. And we have been recently expanding to other counties, including Hamilton, Boone, Tippecanoe, Carroll, and White counties in central Indiana. So since the coalition has been started, have there been any effects that show the impact that Healthy Communities has made? So um, we have seen a recently a bunch of improvements of the health in Clinton County. Um, some things that we have noticed is with our teen pregnancy prevention program, we have seen a drop in the teen pregnancy rates from 46.2 to 24.6 per 1,000 births. And that is, uh, you know, more than a half percent reduction in that rate. So that is that is awesome. Yes. Um, some more things with the tobacco prevention and cessation grant. We have been able to have our fair, our county fair, um, has been smoke free for four years now. That started off as just a tobacco free day, and we were um, able to get that to go to the whole entire week. And now we're on. Uh, we just finished our fourth our fourth year. Um, along with the smoke-free events, um, a small municipality called Kirkland in Clinton County has um, dedicated all of their events in their small town to be smoke-free. Um, that is one thing that's been pretty uh, um, awesome because um, they have been our leaders to kind of get the other municipalities on board to have their events be smoke-free as well. Um, in addition to that, we have a new grant called Covering Kids and Families of Indiana. And with that grant, um, we have health insurance navigators. Um, we know that a lot of rural communities um, have a lack of um, resources, especially um, insurance and um, health resources, so getting insurance navigation into those counties and um, having them educate about getting on Medicaid, Medicare, and how to enroll in those is um, pretty important. Um, we have a new grant called QSource, um, and I'll kind of let Laura talk a little bit more about that. Um, QSource has been a grant that we do. Um, it's actually an initiative with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and we um, partner with this QSource organization and IU Hospital in Frankfurt to decrease the number of opiates that are being prescribed in the emergency department. This has been exceedingly su successful with a 44.8% reduction in the number of opioid prescriptions coming out of the emergency department. The less opioids that we're getting out there, the less they're ending up on the street and the less that we have people using those prescription drugs um, for purposes in which they were not prescribed. 
Um, in addition with that, we have been working really hard to bring mental health resources and awareness to our county. Um, we just finished our first mental health awareness volleyball game. Uh, it was a great turnout. We were able to get that game um, live broadcasted on a local television. Um, so we were able to discuss mental health topics, statistics, and resources that we have in our county. Um, in addition to that, we have offered training, trainings and toolkits to the county schools. Um, uh, we also host uh, monthly health screenings at several different locations in our county. Um, we normally compete or complete around 100 screenings per year. Um, and it w in those screenings, um, 100 screenings monthly, I apologize. And with those screenings, we're doing BMI, we're doing height, we're doing weight and diabetes. Um, blood and blood pressure. Um, in addition to that, Healthy Communities started their first ever community garden, and Emily got um, a chance to work really hard in our garden this summer. Um, with that garden, we were able to uh, feed over 500 families, which is a really great turnout. And part of the neat thing about that community garden was the partnerships. We had organizations sign up to work in that garden every single week. Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, the FFA, the Y. YMCA, the Boys and Girls Club. So they had a lot of youth involved in this and they're learning skills that they can use for life to help battle food insecurity. So this project, we learned a lot too. I learned more <laughs> about vegetables than I ever thought was possible. Yeah. <laughs> and we were able to um, not just feed over 500 families out of that garden, but also teach youth life skills that will help them for years to come that they can pass on to their kids to help battle food insecurity. Yes. Another uh, grant that we have here at Healthy Communities is we are a permanent car seat fitting station. So we have three car seat technicians that are trained to educate and install um, car seats in to any car and to any family, no income, no age requirements. Um, so with that, we have inspected and distributed on average about 15 car seats monthly. Um, that is a great um, number to be getting. Um, in addition to that, um, we have um, been hosting Narcan trainings, um, and those have been offered to lay individuals and to first responders. Yes, we've been able to distribute over 150 kits to lay responders and over 300 kits to or to, to first responders and over 300 kits to um, lay responders in the community under the Aaron's Law. Um, lastly, one thing that uh, we have been noticing the health, that impacts the health in our county is we have a Baby Me Tobacco Free program that offers diaper and uh, wipe voucher incentives to pregnant women that are currently smoking. Um, those women can sign up for this program. They can get um, support and education to help quit smoking, and then once they quit, they can test tobacco free, and they're able to get a $25 diaper voucher every month until that baby is one years old. Um, so it's a great program that offers a great incentive for, to help tobacco, um, tobacco using mothers uh, quit tobacco um, while also getting a little bit of help with uh, diapers. But with that program, um, since 2015, we have served over 184 pregnant women. Um, and that program also covers Boone, Hamilton, Tippecanoe, Carroll, White, and Clinton. 
Some other programs that we do are things that are focused also on infant mortality. We have an early start program in which we have a nurse who provides free pregnancy test, free information on folic acid, and free prenatal vitamins. Then she meets with the expectant mom four or five times um, prior to um, the birth of her child. They go over all sorts of things like stages of labor, what you can and can't eat when you're pregnant, um, all of those sort of things um, that sometimes get forgotten. We are a Cribs for Kids distribution site and teach safe sleep and do crib distribution to families in need. Other things that we work on are other kinds of substance use disorder. issues and we have been recently working um, in particular on the opioid problem but have been careful to make sure we are including all substance use disorder. We do physical activity initiatives in schools and throughout the county. We have walking and biking paths set up and um, materials to give people so they know where those are and there's uh, signage for those and then we do a lot of neat initiatives in the school. One of them being something called read and ride where kids have stationary bikes and they read those during their silent reading time. Um, And this helps stimulate their brain, increase their comprehension of reading, and they're getting physical and cognitive benefits from this. Um, Other things that we do are before school programs like Walk to School Day. We have a program called Hike It, Bike It, Like It in which kids walk and bike to school. They scan their card in on an iPad and it keeps track of things like how many miles they've traveled, how many trips they've made, what they've done for the environment by walking or biking instead of riding in a vehicle or a bus, um, and then we give prizes for that monthly. Those are just some of the physical activity things. Um, One of the projects we did this summer that Emily and Casey were both involved in is um, repainting playground surfaces and increasing um, accessibility on the playgrounds in one of our local elementary schools. So yes, we were out there painting playgrounds in the 100 degree weather (laughs) in July, but it made a huge impact and, and they're having increased participation at their school during recess, which was the entire goal. Um, those are just some of the things that we work on um, at Healthy Communities, and we're always looking to see what those gaps are in services so that we can look for money and look for resources to help fill those gaps. Even though you said it's just some of the things, it's actually a lot of things, so it's very awesome to be a part of that. So, Laura, question for you. What are some current projects that you are excited about going on now at Healthy Communities of Clayton County? I think our recent work in mental health and substance use disorder is what I'm excited about the most. It's amazing what a group of people working together can do with or without funding. Um, A lot of the initiatives that we've been able to do, like the mental health volleyball games, those things were without funding. We just got the local TV station on board. We got the local schools on board. We were able to conduct those sort of things without funding. It's just about raising awareness and decreasing stigma. We recently developed a website called BeOpioidAware.org that we're really proud of that has a lot of neat resources for people, not just um, someone with substance use disorder, but also their families. And so we encourage everyone to go to that website. And then we were able to come to uh, work together to make a resource guide. We call it the Roadmap to Recovery. And it's a resource guide that helps blend mental health providers and substance use disorder providers together. And so um, this guide 
takes them one step at a time. The first step, do you have insurance? If not, then we can help you get that through our Covering Kids and Family Navigators. And then it gives resources for addiction services. Then it gives resources for mental health services. Then it gives um, additional resources and um, support groups, things like that for, like I said, not just the person with substance use disorder, but also their support system because so often those people need assistance also. So those are probably the two things I'm really excited about that we're working on now. It's a nice collaborative effort of our whole community working on these issues together. Awesome. So the last question that gets asked on all the podcasts is, can you share with our listeners three to five suggestions about how they can help make grassroots organizations like Healthy Communities be successful in their own communities or neighborhoods? I think the first thing is you have to have a really motivated uh, leader that likes to make things happen, (laughs) who wants to get things done. And everybody needs that go-getter, that champion. And once you find that person, I think you can make anything happen. I think you can make mountains move. Carol Price was our former executive director, and single-handedly she built this coalition. So I think that's the number one thing. But once you find that, then I think it's about good communication and getting your coalition members and your partners involved. And one of the things about doing that is making sure that it's a benefit to all of those involved. Um, partnerships work both ways. They, If they're only working one direction, they're not a true partnership. And one of the things I love about our coalition is at the end of our meeting, we go around the table and people share, this is a new program we have, or this is a need our organization has, or this is an event that we have coming up, and we all brainstorm and help fill those gaps, or how can I help you with your event, or I know of this resource for that problem, and I think that's what makes it work. It's that the partners are getting as much as they're giving, and as long as that um, flow of information and communication happens, I think that it continues to make the coalition strong. Then I think it's really important to have smart goals, make sure that you have specific, measurable, attainable, relevant goals with a timeline. And I always talk about getting some low-hanging fruit you need to have some low-hanging fruit. And what that is are easy goals that are attainable in a short period of time. And when you get those low-hanging fruit goals met, you have to celebrate it. And no one is going to celebrate you if you don't celebrate you. So get your media involved. Make sure that you have social media. Be um, very aggressive in promoting what you do. If you don't brag about it, nobody knows about it. And I always say our programs are only as good as many many people who know about them or utilize them. So it's for the greater good. It's not bragging. Mm-hmm. It's it's advertising. And yes. as long as people know that those programs are out there, then they can utilize them. So you have to celebrate your wins. Um, and if you don't, nobody else will. So mm-hmm. make sure you celebrate them and celebrate them well. And then I think you have to celebrate to your audience. Make sure you're marketing to who you're trying to reach. That may be through traditional media. It may be social media. It may be billboards, radio ads, TV ads. Whatever it is, make sure that you are marketing to the correct um, group of people that you're trying to reach. And then I think the last thing is division of labor. I think that one of the things we've been very successful at is 
making work teams to work on specific problems. That way people are working closely and um, specifically about things they're passionate about. And so we have things like a diabetes prevention work team, walking and biking teams, tobacco smoke-free air, air teams, mental health teams. And so those people are part of a small work team that is something they're passionate about and then they that that team reports to the coalition and I think that's a very successful model for other coalitions to follow so that you don't have everybody trying to work on everything and, and I think sometimes that happens and people lose their passion you want them to really work on the things that they have a vested interest in it and what their gifts are you know if they have a gift in an area then you want them on that team so I think that's another um, important um, pointer in how to make a, a grassroots coalition work. Awesome. Well, thank you for all the information you shared with us today, and thank you for coming in. Thank Thanks you. for having us.